This is episode one with Javier Borda. Welcome to At The Course Podcast. My name is JJ, your host, At The Course, where each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you stay at the cause and not the effect. Let's get it. Hey, JJ at The Course, welcome to the ATC Podcast. Today at The Course, we have my friend, the maestro himself, Javier Borda. Bro, how are you doing? Very well. Really happy to be here in your first ever podcast uh, for At The Course. So extremely happy to be here with you. I really appreciate it. Firstly, I want to acknowledge you, Javier, uh, for your incredible generosity and your passion that seems to permeate the room wherever you go. This is something really, really inspiring. And you've already shared so many insights with me and with the other people that follow you. So that's really special, especially when it's something that is so fundamental to our own expression, helping us achieve that. You're very well received, you're loved, and you know, you're a giver, and that's something that's really, really applaudable. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, so the first question I have really is about your background. I would love to find out more about where you started and how the young Javier found his passion for voice and where that all oh, began. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, uh, I mean, I, I was a swimmer all my teenage years. And, uh, but one day when I was 19, I just heard a, sing, uh, a friend singing. And I was just blown away by that. Uh, he was just singing a, a simple song, yeah, in front of the whole of the whole school, and he was so well received. And, and I was like, "Wow, that was really, really cool." Yeah, but I, I played no instrument. I've never done music. In fact, music was not my thing. Like English, you know, English and music, interestingly enough, were not my thing at, at school. Yeah, but uh, so I spoke with this friend, and I started to play guitar. And then one day going out, I met uh, another friend and I could see that he was a musician. Yeah. So I still didn't know him. He, he's still my friend now. But so I, I met him, uh, you know, just going out in Spain, you know, we're very friendly people. We go out and and you see someone who seems interesting. I spoke with him and he told me, yeah, I play guitar and I also take singing lessons. And I was like, you take what? <laughs> it's like, is this something that you could... Because at that time, I had started to, to listen to, you know, Pavarotti and all the, famous, all the famous opera singers. And I thought this was a thing that they just did. You know, I genuinely thought that. I had no idea that you could educate your voice. So the, I was blown away by this. So I went to his home and he's just made a vocal exercise. And from that moment on, I, I just never looked back again. I started to have lessons with uh, his teacher. And at the beginning, I wanted to sing uh, rock and roll. I, I was trying to sing like Freddie Mercury. Just imagine that. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm always very encouraging to new people who even if it doesn't seem that they know what they're doing, there's always hope for them, especially if they have as a teacher someone who went through, you know, the struggle of not knowing anything about it and becoming a professional singer uh, over the years. So that's how, that's how I started. It was like, it was like a moment of truth, you know, like a moment where I said, I want that. Yeah. So um, that's how I started, started to, to, to have singing lessons. And then uh, I guess that the, the turning point, the next turning point was when they took me at the university in, in Vienna. I went there to, to make a, an Aufnahmeprüfung, as they call it. And they took me and that's when it started to, 
to, to be serious, yeah. And then, uh, so that's what I did the undergrad, and I did the postgrad in London and the opera course. And from then on, I, I, I stayed here and, and I started my, my singing career. So you mentioned when you were first finding out about vocal training and learning to educate your voice, you were also doing swimming at that time. Was there a connection between that swimming and the vocal training? Well, move, looking from, from, my, from my perspective or advantage now, uh, what swimming probably helped with was, was, was with my breathing. Yeah, so now I do a breathing technique that is called Buteyko breathing. And it's all about being able to hold your breath for long periods of time and get an ease of breath that is, that is really relaxed and comfortable. So I guess swimming gave me that to, to have a good foundation, uh, physiological foundation, which is uh, something that I found out later that is very important for the voice. Yeah, because your breathing is not just about your technique. It's not just about the mechanics of breathing. It's uh, breathing, obviously, is something that is so important physiologically, is that you, you, if you stop breathing five minutes, you die. Yeah. So, so I guess swimming helped me with that. Is that when I when I came into singing, I was also I was already capable of holding a phrase for a reasonable period of time. So I was ready. I was ready to start. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was my body was ready to start with uh, with the task with the task at hand. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess that that's an interesting question actually uh, because it was like from it went from one thing to the other. Yeah, I wasn't thinking like. Oh, because I'm a swimmer, I'm going to be a good singer or anything like that. I didn't see the connection at that time. But if you ask me now, it's like, I mean, that would be the connection. Mm. It's connected with, uh, with what I discovered later that is very important in, uh, with Buteyko. So, yep. Wow. So being able to hold your breath and through doing the swimming, you were developing that uh, cardio and your, and your breath yes. work. And that had an effect on your, on your singing. Uh, so who, who was the... Um, who was the biggest influence? Like, who was the biggest teacher growing up? I had a very good teacher when I was uh, here at the Guildhall School of Music. Uh, his name is Rudolf Piernay. Perhaps he was the one that he was the most systematic teacher, and he was incredible with the German repertoire. Everything called uh, Bach, Mozart, Wagner, all that stuff. He he was a master at that. And uh, I learned all the all the leader repertoire as well, the the songs, the German songs, and any other language as well. He was absolutely fantastic for that. He's he's the he's the teacher of a very very famous singer, uh, Brin Terfel, and many great singers went through through his grinder. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really precise type of uh, type of teaching, which uh, which for singing is rare. You have to have the general. Which is the thing that I'm, I've been trying to to give you guys, like the how things work in the body, and not trying to be too picky about specific sounds. Um, but when you are addressing repertoire like Bach, for example, that is, is you really have to treat the voice like a musical instrument. And he was really good at that. I have like really fond memories of that, of, of being blown away, of like, man, this man is just. Incredible. So I would say I would say it would be him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. C can you imagine what it would have been like had you not had him as a teacher? Like how, how would have that changed things? Uh, I would have been a, a more 
of a mediocre singer in the sense that I wouldn't have been aware of uh, very important aspects of tuning and precision and language yeah. that are absolutely fundamental to sing at a, at a high level. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay, so you, you found out about singing when you were 19, you had this friend that was doing it, and you had that light bulb moment. Uh, when did you turn into a professional singer, uh, once you finished that training? It, it, it was right after, after the Guildhall. Uh, oh. I went to New York to sing La Nozze di Figaro. This was still as a student. But then I started to have engagements in, uh, in, um, in Mexico, uh, also in Spain, in, in the UK as well. I've sang in places like in the English National Opera. Um, one of the most beautiful engagements that I had was uh, singing Wagner, singing one of the one of the giants. Yeah, so I basically showed up and they told me you don't need to sing, just you know, we'll we'll get you. You you look like a giant. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Of course, I had to audition and mm. it went well. And it was a fantastic production of the whole of the four massive operas of Richard Wagner that, that is, it's almost like the, the Lord of the Rings of opera. Yeah. And it's a really, really great uh, type of production to be in, especially when it's done as it was done in Dijon in, in France. It was a fantastic, fantastic experience. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the, like, so um, in this career of doing professional singing, what, what was the, the, would you say, would that be the highlight? What was the biggest crowd? For me, yes. And also, also doing big roles in small places. Uh, so singing, singing a role like Mephistopheles, for example, yeah, where you play the devil. And it's an incredible role. It's like it's a five-act opera where you, where you sing one of the main uh, roles. This, this was uh, also a highlight for me. Because it was it's really demanding, but really fun role to play. Because uh, it's very demanding as an actor as well. Yeah, because you got to play the devil. You got to play all these nuances, and mm. and also based on a great literary work by Goethe. Yeah, uh, called Faust, which is immense. It's immense to be to be in a in a production like that. Yeah, I think that that kind of artist artistic expression. And be able to you know use your voice to do that is, is really really something special. Um, so when you were going through this, like like, so now what we do is we have these sessions together. We have mm -hmm. these these vocal workshops that are really high value, and I've had one of the most uh, profound experiences. Yeah, I've kind of mentioned this before. I, I, I'm blown away by that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I so when I when we had this, it was only two weeks ago. We had this session, and I felt the most at peace of myself whilst engaged with you and with the people that were there present uh, more so than i ever have before i i was just myself mm. i felt just aligned with my uh with my breath there was yes. nothing forced it was just very very easy to convey what i was thinking yeah. i just don't think i've ever felt that way before it was uh a moment in life that i probably will never forget it was the first time i've ever really felt that way yeah so I mean, you know, for me, I totally like I, the, the benefit of that is is immense. Yeah. Um, I mean, how would you describe like so for normal people that may, might not be interested in becoming a professional singer, but mm -hmm. how could this vocal training benefit them? Well, I mean, what you're saying is very interesting because I wasn't looking for that. You know, uh, I, I, I'm not trying to provide any kind of let's say. Uh, 
enlightenment of, of any, any, anything further than what the voice entails. I was trying to get in contact with your breathing so that that breathing is the type of breathing that works for your voice. And I was trying to just simply make you relax in the front of the chest. That is, is, is something that happens with a lot of, especially men who are very driven, they go to the gym and they're strong. And this is very good. However, in many cases, there is a lot of tension in terms of feeling that your body is like one unit, yeah? And if you, and if you think about it, when you discover your body, you realize that there is lots of parts that actually work independent yeah. within your trunk, yeah? Within, uh, I'm not just talking, I'm not even talking about the arms and the legs. I'm just talking about, you know, your hips, your uh, obliques, your diaphragm, your chest, your spine, your neck, all of this has to be thought in coordination. And when you're singing, when you're speaking, uh, there's parts that move independently and coordinated with each other in order to create your voice. Mm. So with you, I was just simply trying to make you relax and for you to be aware of your breathing. But then it turned out to be an experience that you that you record as as being something really special, mm. uh, and this is very interesting because it's not the first time that in this short period of time that I've been teaching because uh, I've been twenty five years trying to figure out how the hell do I apply it to myself. Yeah, <laughs> but then it, it, when I put my focus and my and I put the laser beam into another person, and it's only when I when I do that that I see everything. Yeah. And then I start to give instructions, and you know how it goes, yeah? You've seen right, it. Right, right. So it's a really fascinating thing to see someone who has never done this kind of work. I think you guys actually react even better than anybody who has been having singing lessons before because there are some preconceived ideas that the person comes with, yeah? If you have never done it and everything is new to you, I see really good reactions. And really, really great openings of the real voice, which is the goal that 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 we are trying to address. Yeah. So, so in that regard, yeah, I, th I find that very interesting. Also, also George, a, a, a friend of us, also had an experience that was similar, mm. uh, and, and Mario as well. So, it's an interesting process. I think it's because the breathing is connected to everything. So we we tend to be in our heads a lot, and we think everything from a left brain base type of uh, approach to to information and technique and coordination and with the voice you really have to be in contact with your body on a really primal level and the first thing to to look into is the is the breathing so when you get in contact with that for the first time it's almost like also like a shaky reaction yeah of your diaphragm and mm. i had that for many years so this great teacher that i told you about he, he was someone who was really good at calming you down. And sometimes, uh, but he was also very critical. So you, you, you will feel calmed down and you will feel like your diaphragm doesn't want to do that thing that he's asking you to do. And it will kind of like, ha 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 it will provoke like this nervous reaction, yeah, that, that, that you also had and, and you're not the only one, yeah. And I struggled with that for many years. So he, he would be look at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was like, well, I don't know. It's my body is just, you know, just breaking through that uh, barrier. Yeah. Mm. And all those barriers are also are always manifested through your breathing. 
is what tense is used, what what uh, which is part of growing up. Yeah, it's not, not it's not that there is something wrong with it. It's just simply uh, your body adapts to the world and sometimes creates tensions in order to get there. And then part of adult life, especially if you want to be a singer, is, is just release those tensions and understand the coordination of your breathing and many other things, of course. So, mm. so that's that's what you experience. It's very, very interesting. Also, also one of the things that blow my mind is like when you guys do that, you become present. It's like you. It's like suddenly the the room gets filled with this with this with this energy, and it's there's no other way to say that it's energy. You know, it's, it's like it's like a mysterious. What is presence when you when someone enters the room? And everybody's like, who is this guy or who is this woman? It's like, it's, it's something, but you know there's something about them. It's like, it's like a presence. They're not in their head. They're more in their body. They're present to others. And this kind of, kind of stuff is, is, is profound. And on stage, there's been artists in the past, also in the present, yeah? But I would say examples uh, of this were people like Maria Callas. Yeah, you, you even on camera you can tell like this woman is scary. It's like she has this this incredible presence, this incredible way of of conveying the the role that she's playing. That is is it's it's beyond any technique that you can teach. It's because they were so present to what they were doing. Yeah? There's also another example I showed you a book before of the Russian singer Shalyapin. He was an extreme in that. In this, yeah, he would transform himself uh, as an actor. Yeah, he wasn't just singing; also as an actor, he would transform himself completely, and and he would he would look bigger than the other guys, although he wasn't that big, you know. And and this is the 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 thing with like when you are in your center, your presence grows. And it's quite mysterious, actually. It's something that I, I love to see when, when, when you guys, because you have it, yeah? Mm. That, that's the thing. It's like, it's your essence, yeah? So I guess that's what we saw. I yeah. mean, I just wanted to liberate your voice, <laughs> you know, from, from the tension. That's all, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you have to go in to go out. You have to get into Absolutely. your sensor to become that powerful yeah. presence in the room. These great artists and actors that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. There are method actors, some of these people that went on stage and transformed themselves to convey a character. Mm -hmm. How can people do that in everyday life? Perhaps, you know, we spoke about this before, this idea of method mm -hmm. living. So yeah. Yeah. transforming yourself maybe in the moment or just with a vision in mind of how best to convey your ideal character. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, the first thing that comes in mind when, when we talk about this subject is about having, having uh, your thoughts, feelings, and actions in alignment. Mm. As soon as there's a contradiction within, between one of those three and the others, uh, you can tell that there's something off with the person. And you can tell there's something off with yourself as well. Yeah? So, for example, I have... A, a, when you are trying to achieve a goal and let's say you're procrastinating or that that's that's one example yeah and also when you're nervous in a situation where for whatever reason you don't feel uncomfortable that's 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 what we're talking about yeah mm. so in order to get there you you need to practice it's just a practice of having your thoughts feelings and actions in alignment mm. 
This, this is a very good way to describe it because sometimes you don't know exactly why this person has such strength of presence. Um, uh, but it is because of that. That's the best way to explain it, in my right. opinion. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that there's that alignment, as you say, of thought, word, and deed. There was somebody that I knew back in my previous workplace mm -hmm. who had this down. Uh, he, he was yeah. uh, the head of department. Uh, so he had this role that required him to be very certain of what he said. But more so, he was like that in every, every moment. He, yeah. he was always very well aligned. And he could tell that. He... he that there was no uh, there was no lack of alignment. Uh, you, yeah. you, you could tell that what he was saying, he was really thinking about. They yeah. were his real thoughts, and uh, we became really good friends. Mm. Um, I think that that quality in a person is really so. Oh, that's a, that's a good key. sign. Yeah, that you were part of that. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we connected on on uh, on aspects of personal development mm -hmm. um, that he was interested in also, and um, yeah, that alignment, as you say, was really something that stood out. And I think that that's true of people that have a powerful presence. They yeah. have that alignment. And did, did he yeah. speak about it? Did he explain why, why he yeah. came across in such a way? Absolutely. He said that it became easier to, uh, to convey himself in such a confident manner when he had that alignment. When he, he said specifically, when I had the thoughts, words, and actions in alignment, then it mm -hmm. became much easier to do that. Yeah. So if actors are able to do this through practice, if method actors can become a different character on stage, through practicing this new character, this new alignment of thought, word, mm. and action. Mm. Perhaps people can do that in everyday life. Perhaps people can practice the type of character they, you know. Definitely. They that, I, think, I think that's a very interesting idea that, that you mentioned the other day. Um, yeah, I mean, in real life, is but you have to ask the question, you're not asking the question anymore, who is this character? What does this character want? And then trying to incorporate this is like this time is you, mm. and it's your whole life. It's not just when you're in front of the camera or, or on stage. It's really you. So you gotta be. Um, what I find is with me, I'm a person with a, a lot of interests, and I find I find hard to do that. And I have to come back to my, to my center and ask myself, okay, what is it that you want? What is it? How are you going to accomplish it? How are you going to align it to all the other things that you also want? Yeah. And so it's a process. Is You mentioned it's, a, it's an inner process. And for me, it's above all. Above all, it's an inner process. Uh, it's an inner process that happens while you're out in the world. It's not an inner process where you, where, you, where you sort of put yourself in a monastery and meditate for <laughs> 30 years. It's, it's, it's not that at all. It's like you do it while you are in the world. And this alignment, and this is really, so coming back to the voice, this, this, this uh, matter of self-expression, of being present, of not being filtering yourself all the time, is absolutely essential for your voice. If you're in your head, you're thinking like, oh, is this right what I'm saying? Is this wrong what I'm saying? You're, you're kind of judging yourself. You're kind of like preparing it too much. Uh, then, then there's going to be a tension about you. It's going to be a tension in your presence. It's going to be a tension in your voice. And in a way, this is very difficult to do for someone who works on, on, on his voice because you're obsessed all the time on how your voice is sounding. And this is something that I had to learn the hard way that I had to even stop singing for a while 
because I, I just couldn't take it anymore. This obsession with the, with the, let's say, the material voice instead of just with expressing yourself. So right now, I have no idea how I'm sounding. Uh, I am not thinking about my technique or my breathing or anything. I'm just thinking about what I'm saying and about communicating it to you. Yeah, I'm not even thinking about this light or the cameras or or, 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 any, or the space or anything. I'm just thinking about expressing whatever it is there that I that I need to say, and this is so important because there is nowhere to hide. This is something I've learned in the last in the last two three years. If you're trying to hide from yourself or from anybody about who you really are, it's like you are done. It's like there is nowhere to hide. So if there is nowhere to hide, you better take care of all those signals within and master your attitude. Hey, that's really, really beautiful what you said because uh, that that's something I get. Well, the first, I, I perhaps didn't have quite the same experiences you you're a professional singer you had to take some time off singing you said that there was this obsession with the way that you sounded mm. and this happens to people that are tr training to sing because naturally they want to know how they sound it's crazy yeah right it's and, crazy okay. it's crazy it's, it's a crazy obsession to have because <clears throat> you're thinking like physically all the time and you're thinking about your technique which you have to do, you have to understand how the voice works, you have to understand how your body produces the sound, and you have to practice it. But if you're obsessed with that all the time, so let's say that now I will be worried about how my voice is sounding, yeah, and then I'm doing, you know, I'm just changing my voice, you know, I, I can do it, yeah? Uh, but, but what for? You right. know, I, I know, I know I can do it, so, so I, I'm more worried about, about having a, a you know, a man-to-man -man communication here, person-to-person, -person, yeah? I'm not trying to do something, you know, like really cool and fake with my voice so that I sound like a, <laughs> like a proper voice professional, yeah? Yeah, it's funny, isn't right. it? It's, yeah. just, it's just a bit ridiculous, yeah? So, so this is one thing that it takes a long time to realize, like forget about your voice. You already know how it works. You have the tools if you need them, and the rest is just express yourself. Just relax, you know, and, 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 and this is one of the things that I find with you guys that you get it very quickly because as soon as you realize that you are, can allow yourself to relax and that's actually productive for your vocal technique, it's like, well, I don't need to do that much. I thought I had to breathe through my stomach. I had to breathe through the diaphragm, whatever that means, right? It's like, how do you not breathe through the diaphragm <laughs> or with the diaphragm? You have to. Yeah, this your, this your <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Right. So, so, so I guess I guess it's uh, uh, it's that moment where you don't care anymore, and that's such a good place to be. It's like, okay, I went through all this training, and then I realized that all I have to be is this natural person. That there's nowhere, there's nowhere to hide. Therefore, there's no no effort worth applying to hiding from anything or trying to pretend, you know, trying to demonstrate something, yeah? Like, uh, you know, I really know how to, you know, project my voice in a way that is really, you know, if I need it, if there were 20 people here, then I will do it, yeah? But it's not the case. I'm just talking to you, you know? Mm. And this is one of the things that I, I don't think is taught very much. I think it's all about the technique, how the voice works. But this thing of just being a natural person 
helps the voice a lot, not filtering, you know, and connect with your body, connect with your breathing and enjoy the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I think that's really interesting, especially when, you know, you, the idea that you have a singer and you think, okay, well, if they sing naturally, they're just going to be focused on that. And that's all there is to it. But then there's, as you say, this, this over-obsessive awareness of how you might sound. And that's mm. important to sound yeah. correct because you're a singer. But at the same time, to get obsessed over that mm. while well, you had this experience. So you, how long did you take off from singing to relieve yourself from that? Yeah, about experience? two years. About two years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now I'm coming back to that. And one of, the, one of the things that I do is like I just, I just sing in social media or someone asks me to sing and then I do, which I never did before because I was obsessed like, no, this is not the environment for that. Is I'm a professional. I will sing only in a professional environment. But that was just, that was just like lack of confidence, you know? Uh, so, so confidence to me now is obligatory in my life. It's like, it's like it's what the world deserves. It deserves your confidence. It's at the base of who you are. You know, there's no reason for you to doubt yourself. You know, you exist, you're already here. So, you know, you can't change it. So go for it, you know, whatever it is you want to do. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You have no idea how really great singers have this neurosis about their voice and how they are being perceived, you know, like really good singers. Um, and some others don't care that much, yeah, which I think is healthier. Yeah, mm. but you hear like in social media, you, see, you hear some singers like, I'm putting this recording here, but be aware that I'm a little bit ill and I know it's not perfect, but I have decided to do it anyway. But like trying to justify themselves <laughs> all the time. And it's like, no, just sing, you know, it's your art. Just, 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 it's like there's so, also, there's also so many singers who they don't have a perfect technique, but they're also so free mm. that you enjoy their singing so much, you know. And so, so you need to have a balance between between the two, you know, like being yes. a perfectionist, but not too much, so that it hurts your your performance. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I heard about uh, this girl who had a uh, hearing disability. Mm. She couldn't hear herself at all, almost, but she was able to sing really well just through seeing people's reaction to her and feeling the vibration. In her, in her chest. Uh, what I noticed, I, I thought this is very interesting, but what I noticed when I, I was going to a club and I, I started to wear earplugs, realizing that mm. the loud music would probably be very unhealthy for my ears. So I wore earplugs. Mm. Um, the first time I did that, suddenly I couldn't hear myself anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking, I felt so relieved. Yeah. Like all I could feel was the vibrations in my chest, which felt good. Yeah. Like feeling the vibration feels really good when you speak. Yeah. And then I was with a person naturally and mm -hmm. because I couldn't hear myself, all that was left was the vibration and the effect I was having on this other person. Yeah. And that was such a great place to be. It was like my only intent was how can I affect this, this person mm -hmm. and feel the vibration. That was yeah. it. And yeah. I realized then that I'd been listening to myself mm -hmm. as a sort of... Yeah natural habits or of some yeah sort. yeah that's a very unnatural big habits. that's a very big subject of the listening to yourself uh, kind of thing I, I had a teacher in vienna and one of her big big things you know so when you have a teacher for a year 
they always go on on the same things. Yeah, they have their own structure of singing, and they teach you, you know, certain parts of it, and they go on with them until you sound perfectly aligned with all the. And one of them was like, "Do not listen to yourself," and she could perceive when you were doing it. It's like, "Oh, you're listening to yourself," and it was incredible. It's like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing it." Yeah. So, so this comes because. We cannot really hear ourselves. So the, the way the way the microphone is perceiving my voice, the way you are perceiving my voice, the, the way the room is perceiving my voice cannot be perceived by me like that because I have all this extra bone resonance connection that goes directly innerly to my ear. So I have the feedback from the sound coming from the outside, the reson the, the the resonance that happens in the room that I get back from the room, but I also have the internal. But you have the direct, the direct resonance coming straight from my voice directly. Yeah. So what you perceive is not the same thing that I perceive. And this is one of the biggest problems to, to address uh, vocally when you're learning how to sing. Because, uh, for example, with tuning, I might be feeling that I am tuning correctly. But you from outside can perfectly hear that I am not tuning correctly. So you have to learn how your voice is being perceived from the outside, even if you're not really hearing yourself in the same way that you're perceived. Yeah. Mm. So this is one of the, the mental, it's like you can go mental with this. It's like, am I in tune? Am I in tune? Am I in tune? How am I being perceived? Or is this sounding nasal? Is this sounding whatever? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And imagine at the time when in the 19th century, when people could not record themselves, yeah? Wow. Some great singers had the misfortune of that they could never listen to it, to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So this is a this is a skill that has to be developed that that kind of perception. So what happened to you when you were when you? In fact, sometimes we do exercises. So we, I still haven't done it with you guys. That's that you you can just stop your ear and then and then your voice will change. It will relax. So because you had all this noise from the in the in the nightclub, you said you were yeah. Uh, doing that worked in favor because you could actually perceive your voice more purely and you didn't need to force your, that so much in order to project your voice. Yeah, because projecting is a term that I don't really like, but you know, just for the sake of argument. And um, <clears throat> interestingly enough, people could hear you better probably. Yeah, and you could yeah. communicate with, and you could hear them better as well if you had the right kind of earplugs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's interesting because, uh, yeah. you know, it's bone resonance, it's the external resonance. So what happens in a nightclub is like all the resonance is taken away from you. You have, no, you have nowhere to go because as soon as your sound comes out of your resonance, you're being bombarded with this crazy music. Yeah, so, so you, have, you, you push it really hard so that the other person hears you. And what's happening is actually you're destroying the other person's uh, ear, and when you get when you get the the earplugs in, then you don't need to do all of that because you don't have the sense of of abrasive sound like like uh, fighting your own sound, and then you sound more melodious. The person can hear you. It's it's, it's, it's quite fun to it's quite fun to do. Yeah. Wow. So, but yeah. but coming to that is like that's one of the one of the basic skills that you need to learn about your voice. Is the fact that you cannot listen to yourself. Mm. In fact, everybody's horrified when they listen to their voice uh, when it's being recorded. Yeah, right. And that's right. why, because it's like, is that my voice? Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. So, yeah. So, aside from wearing earplugs just all the time, <laughs> is there anything, is there any like tips that you, that you have, maybe little things that people can do that might be listening that might also have this issue of uh, the tendency to overanalyze the way they sound or get sort of in their own head about that? Yeah. How can we stop listening to ourselves? Is mm. there any like ways we can practice that? Mm. Well, two ways. One, one is purely vocal. Is uh, <clears throat> because you cannot hear, you cannot listen to yourself. You need to, you need to have the feedback. So once you get used to a space, you do have the feedback already because you get used to that space and you know when you are being heard and when not. Yeah. So if this space were new for us, I would be asking you, can you hear me all right? Yeah. If we were in an open space, let's say in a park, and you were twenty. 20 meters from me, uh, I will have to shout to you, say, can you hear me at this volume? Yeah. And you'll have to say yes. And then I will have a sense of what is the kind of volume within me that I need to feel in order to be heard. Yeah. So it's a feedback thing. Uh, when you get used to a space, then you can get the feedback yourself because you get a resonance from the room and the room becomes your instrument. This is an image that I like to give. It's like, it's not just you, it's the whole room is your instrument. And you need to and you need to adapt to that. And the other thing, very very important, is like you have to be aware of the other person. Is the other person looking at you, nodding, and you have an assurance that this person is following what you're saying? Yeah. Mm. And this is probably the way also to get out out of your own head. You're saying something. You're present to the person who's listening, and you're listening to the listener listening to you. Yeah. Yes. And you, you make sure that you are present to the other person, not so much to what you say, am I saying it right? No, you understand, you know, like, and, and you're all, all over the place. And then people lose you in the conversation because, because it's not really for them. Yeah, it seems to be just for you and you, you're listening to yourself. Yeah. Interesting. Don't listen to yourself. Yes. Yeah. Almost becoming less aware of yourself and just more aware of what the other person might be learning from what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, there's that saying, I think it might come from How to Win Friends and Influence People, the book by okay. Dale Carnegie. And he says uh, to be interested rather than interesting. Definitely. Perhaps that's also a way totally. of letting go of the voice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's a connection between these uh, psychological things and these uh, this tricks that you can play with yourself in order to become a... Uh, you know, basically a better person in your communication and, and the voice. I think when, when you do the, the right things in that direction, the voice liberates itself. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not the all in all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you still got to work in, on your breathing. You still got to know how to, you know, the, the, the technical tricks that you need to understand, uh, that are based on how the body works in order to, in order to use your voice properly. But once you're already immersed in a conversation or in a concert or, or whatever it is you're doing with your voice, you can't be thinking about those things. You've got to be thinking about the communication. Yeah? And then you do the work by yourself like you do. You, you said you do 50 minutes every day of the yeah. things that we've been learning, which is amazing. You're probably, you know, my, you know, my most dedicated student uh, yes. at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's been a very, very... Uh, sort of humbling process to do those 15 minutes every morning. Yeah. Uh, I found it your, easier. Your voice sounds better. 
you, you yes. have a tendency to go a little bit, you know, and you have mm -hmm. less tension in the in the front of your chest. And 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 when you do that, it's like your whole resonance is is more it's more beautiful, it's more balanced. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. I really, really appreciate the training. And it makes such a big difference mm. on on everything. Because if you think about yeah. life, there's only uh moments where you interact with the people and mm. then everything else just happens in between those moments it seems there's situations where you have to focus and you have to do work and you have to do things like this mm -hmm. but they're always for the purpose of sharing that with somebody else you yeah. do the work you give it to your manager you give it to the customer the client yeah. whoever it is it's always going to lead you to an engagement with another human being so yeah. this training uh it just transforms Mm -hmm. so much of your life experience that it's extremely yeah. cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the voice is your main instrument for communication. Mm. So, so once you realize that, what are you? You, you are you and your circum circumstances. And part of your circumstances, you, you got to interact with that. And the main instrument to interact with, with that is, is, your, is your voice. It's your body as well. It's like you can express yourself in many ways yeah but if uh if uh if you don't care about your voice that means you don't care about your communication basically and when you see that is there is a direct correlation also in 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 i hear from you know from people who know about this and the the the, the level of payments that that you get in, in your job yeah you have a certain skill but if you're a good communicator, plus that skill, you're going to do much better in your professional life and in your personal life as well. I think the other sex has a very, very, you know, even if subconsciously, a very strong impression of, of your voice and how you're communicating. This whole filtering that we are talking about is like, uh, I mean, especially women, I think they just smell it. It's like as soon as there's something going on in your head, they're like, oh, this guy's kind of thinking too much yeah he's not present with me yeah and the sound of your voice is i think is very important for for you know for relationships for for getting into a relationship yeah um i really think it is is uh, i think women love a beautiful good voice i think they do uh, and it doesn't have to be it's not about the fact it's about the communication again yeah so, so it's not something that is, it's not that you have to do something different. Yeah. If I were talking to, to a woman here, I would be talking in the same way. Yeah. I wouldn't go like, Hey, mm, huh, you know, like kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no need for all that. Yes. Yeah. The honest communication and yes. developing that through, mm. through vocal training. I think it's really interesting. So when living at the cause, you are not defined by memories of the past, but instead a vision of the future. So for anybody listening that wants to develop their voice and believes in the value of this type of training, what actions should they take? Get a vocal coach and go out there and communicate. Uh, there is nothing like doing the real thing to learn how to do the real thing. Yeah. So go in stages. So don't make a public speech for 20,000 people uh, on your first engagement, you're not going to do it, but you see what I'm saying, yeah? So, so, so Tony Robbins, for example, when he started to do public speaking, he decided to do it, I don't know if it was like 
like two or three times per day. Yeah. So, so, and he is the best communicator in the world. He really is the best public speaker I have ever heard. Although, even if his voice is not working properly, his voice was damaged because he was working too much with it. Uh, but he's still, you know, as, as, as long as he can speak. And he does amazing things with his voice, yeah? Uh, but it's all based in the communication. He learned later in his life to, to use it properly, technically. So, so go out there and do it. Absolutely. Amazing. Mm. Learning by doing. Mm -hmm. Really great stuff. And finally, um, what does it mean for you to be at the course and not the effects? And how does that take shape in your, in your vocal training? Well, in life, I would say, to me, I'll tell you what I think about this thing, because this is all a conversation about time. Um, and I was, I, was, I was chatting with a friend about this the other day, and I have it quite present, and I've been thinking about this quite a lot lately. Because um, I'm also at an age where I don't do things just for the future. Because I'm at an age where I'm supposed to be enjoying my life, yeah? So when you're 20, if you do 90% of the things you do for the future, that's, that's uh, understandable and, and, and maybe I will encourage you to do, to do it that way. Because you want to you wanna grow, you want to have a better future and you will sacrifice the present for the future. But at this point, it's like, okay, yes, I do want to grow and yes, I want to do things for the future. But if I'm not enjoying them now, what is the point really? Yeah. So I've been thinking about this quite a lot to the point that I think you can, you can, you can do things in the present that are looking into the future. So the three are connected, the past and the present and the future. They're, they're, all three are connected in the sense that they are already present, always in the present. Yeah, you have nothing but the present. Mm. But what is the present? The present is the present plus the past plus the future. And you can change all of them. You can even change the past by changing the perception that you have about the past. Yeah, you could think about an event that happened to you in your childhood that has been determining the way you have certain beliefs or you set yourself for life in a certain way that you can change and interpret in a different way today, right now, and in turn change the future of your life because you, you, you are dealing with that right now. Yeah. So growth is obligatory, like self-confidence, as I said before, and it happens in, always in the present. And the way I see it, I, I'm not scared of crisis, you know, because if you're scared of crisis, you're, you're scared of life. You gotta go through all the things that you need to go through in order to be the person that you already are. But at the same time, you have the freedom to create it. You know, it's a combination of the two. That's how I think about that. Amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, Javier, I just wanna acknowledge you again. <clears throat> Your passion for this area of development is really felt. I love it, man. Uh, it's incredible. And yeah. for myself, uh, there's been so much I've learned from you. Mm. And for everyone in this community that you've been able to share these insights with, yeah. we're really lucky to have you. And it's incredible what you do. So I'm looking forward to many more iterations of this. Thank you so uh, much. Of this work in the future. I'm sure people who follow you will, will, will feel the difference in the voice. Like, 
six months from now, one year from now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You absolutely. have a beautiful voice, actually. Thank you. You, you do have a beautiful voice. Mm. Yeah, when it when it comes out, it's it's spot on. Amazing stuff. Absolutely. All right, man. This is great. Well, great. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Man. Oh, 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 oh,